Our reading comes from 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. And I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint the for the you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling, and he said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eleb and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Move in our hearts and minds, O God, that we may hear a word meant for us this day. O Christ, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week, our story was the anointing of and the call of Samuel the prophet. And this week we see what happened. He has learned to listen to God. And God tells him to go off and anoint a new king. Now this is not something that he would be very fond of doing. Because kings, people of power, don't usually like to be fired. Right? 
you know, it's just not, not something to look forward to. And he said, I can't do it, God. I'll get killed if Saul hears about it. He's going to kill me for sure. And so God says, oh, well, I've got a cover story for you. So he comes up with this uh, cover story about how, how he's going to go and make a sacrifice, which is kind of like a barbecue. People get to eat. They get a blessing. It's all good. So all, everybody, they, they, they sacrifice. They cook the, the heifer, and they, uh, and they have a picnic. And then everybody lines up. All the people line up to get their blessing, and he's just blessing each, each one, and he's listening to, to know which one he's going to put the, the oil on and anoint them. And, and and so he finally gets gets to all of them, all the guys. Now you know, it's interesting that uh, Jesse has two daughters too, but they're not mentioned. Just saying. <laughs> I guess the daughters just had to watch from the sidelines. You know, they didn't really get to get involved in this too much. So so here here, here he is. These all these guys are lined up. All the. All the men, the young men, and, and, and the Lord says, no, it's not the tall, it's not the good-looking one, it's not the able-bodied ones. You know, that ought to make some of us feel better. <laughs> and, and, and he says, it's just, Jesse, he said, is this all, all your sons? And he said, oh, no, I've got one little one who's just a shepherd. He's with the sheep. He's just a shepherd. Just a shepherd. You know, just a shepherd. How many of you wanted, when you wanted to think about what you want to do when you grew up, wanted to be a shepherd? It's not a real popular vocation in our society in America, for sure. You know, I, I, I Googled it, and, and there are 100,000 sheep farms in America, which is not very many. 1% of the agricultural product of America is, is sheep, raising sheep. You know, we're not too much into being shepherds and raising sheep. But in the Bible, it was a big deal. Over 700 times the word sheep or lamb or shepherd is used in the scriptures. Being a shepherd is a big deal in the Bible. And in Psalm 23 and Isaiah 40, you read where, where the Lord is a shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So, so, so shepherding and lambs are, are pretty important in the Bible, we could all just brainstorm and, and, and list a whole bunch of different references to sheep in the Bible. He's just a shepherd. He's in the fields. And that's who God calls to be the, the next king, this shepherd named David. And I, when I, my first time to go to Israel was in 1981, 82, something like that. And, and one of my favorite places that I visited was Shepherd's Field, just out at, right next to Bethlehem. And we went there. And in those days, the, meadow, the green meadows over the hills was just so beautiful. It was just green. And there were sheep there that were grazing. It was so pastoral. It was so spiritual. For me, it was a spiritual experience. There was a Bedouin tent there. And the Bedouin looked after the sheep. They were the shepherds. And I got to take their picture and talk to them. And I, it was just a, a really spiritual moment. It's nothing like that today because the Israelis have built big settlements there. But that's, that's another subject. We can talk about that later. But... Um, but it was a real spiritual thing. I felt really close to the God. It was as if the Bible came alive to me 
in being with those sheep and those shepherds on those green hills next to Bethlehem. It was a very special thing. And, and I read a book a few years ago uh, by Margaret uh, Feinberg called Scouting the Des Divine. And in it, she decided how she wanted to get to know about sheep and some different things. And so she went and stayed with a sheep farm in the, in the West for, for a few days to learn about shepherding and sheep. And she wrote this book about it so she could understand the Bible better. And I read that book and I said, I want to know about sheep. I want to be around sheep too. That would be really cool. I think Berta has sheep. I don't, I, I, we can ask her. But I, I haven't been around sheep much. H have y'all been around sheep? I don't see any heads nodding. The, the, you know, but I said, I, I, I think it'd be kind of cool. And Vacation Bible School was coming up. So I called, started calling around some sheep farms in America, in Alabama. And I found a, far, a shepherd and a sheep farm. And I said, can I borrow some lambs for our Bible school? So we, it, we can get close to the Bible, you know. It, 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 we'd learn about sheep. And he thought about it. And he said, sure, I'll bring you some lambs. I think you'll want to buy them. And I said, well, I don't want to buy them. I just want to let the kids pet them. It'd be like a petting zoo. And he said, all right. I've got two that, were, that are bottle fed. And, and I, I'm thinking he's going to bring me a nice little cuddly lamb. And um, it's going to be so cool. And I told the, the director of Vacation Bible School, I've got some sheep coming for Bible school. And their eyes got big. They were not excited. They said, what are you going to do with them? I said, we can put them in that little that little fenced-in area where the preschoolers play. I thought that'd be fine. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and they, she, you know, I was so excited. She didn't want to rain on my parade. And then I told the trustees I was going to bring them in for Children's Minute in the sanctuary. They weren't real excited. But, you know, I, I just was going to get it. We were going to do it because... I said, we wanted the Bible to come alive for people. And they couldn't argue with me about that. And so, so the, 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 they came on Saturday, and I was so excited. that he, he put them in a trailer and brought them up from Gadsden and to Huntsville. And, uh, and, and they pulled up, and, and they were not small. And he handed me this shepherd's crook, and I thought... Okay, I'm a shepherd now. This is going to be fun. And then he, I saw the this, this, this sheep, and they were so big, that crook wouldn't go around their necks. They were huge. And he started pulling and dragging these sheep up to my little fenced-in yard, backyard. And, 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 you know, it was very exciting. And, uh, and they started making noise. And the shepherd, I had gone to Tractor Supply and got food for sheep and some water things and, um, and and the sheep were what I learned was they don't like strangers <laughs> they didn't they didn't they didn't appreciate me and so the shepherd he, he got back in his truck and he said I'll see you and I'll see you but I think you'll buy these sheep and so I said okay we'll see you and I'm because I'm now paying attention to the sheep that are <laughs> they're so unhappy they're unhappy back there in the backyard and and I, I told him, I said, I did not get permission from the city of Huntsville to have farm animals here in the backyard. It's illegal, so please be quiet. <laughs> they, they did not listen. 
It was just so noisy, and so I, I went and got them food and water, and they finally calmed down, and they found a, a metal storage building and went in there and laid down and, and made themselves at home on stuff that I had to throw away later. And, uh, um, they, and, and I got to know sheep a little bit, and I thought, how the heck am I going to get them to the church? They won't fit in the car. So I had to call up a neighbor who had a pickup truck and a big teenage son. And I said, I, I don't know how to get these sheep to the church. So he, they came and, the, and they picked them up and they put them in the truck and they brought them there. And for Children's Minute, I, we had tarps out on, on, the, on the thing. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the teenager brought those sheep in one at a time and set them down. And, and they were cool with the band, you know, and the music. They were kind of, and the kids got to pet them and they were so, they, they laid down. They were just great. And then they took them out and, um, and, and the kids got to pet them, you know, during, during Sunday school. And then for the 11 o'clock traditional service, they came in and they were, they were cool and they were fine until the organ started. They didn't like the organ. And they started, man, they started just, man, they started, and they, and they had an accident. <laughs> and I could just tell when the smell got to the congregation, it started on that end. And people's expression, <laughs> and I said, "The Bible has come alive for us today. <laughs> Please take the sheep away." And so all week long, the kids got to play with the sheep, and I called the shepherd and said, "Are you when are you coming?" He said, "Well, I'm going out of town now. Aren't you sure? Don't you want to buy those sheep?" About a month later, he came back, and we got to know sheep. It was, it was, uh, it was very a good learning experience for us as a church because we all went on vacation, so people had to take them in their backyards. We passed them around, and I learned a lot about sheep, and I, 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 I and I learned to respect David the shepherd. I learned to respect that a shepherd is hard work. They don't just they don't just they're not like dogs and pets. You got to really work with them to get them to, to respond to you. And there's, there's six things that I think that we can learn about David the shepherd. One of the first things is that, that he would have had to love those sheep. And he would have to spend time with those sheep. Anytime that the, the, the sheep are out grazing, he would have to be with them. And he would talk to them. Those sheep would come up when I, I would be out there in the yard with them, come up and they'd just paw me, you know, just like a big old dog and cuddle with me. They'd sit down and just lean up against me, try to knock me over because they weighed over 100 pounds each. And, um, they, you know, they, they were like big old dogs. They, they, you had to pay attention to them. And David, we know in the Bible, he sang to them. He wrote songs and he sang and he played his little harp or lyre. And he, and he you know, he was there and he, and he probably practiced a slingshot because he was just there with them, talking to them. So, so that's the first thing you have to know about being a shepherd. You got to love your sheep. The second thing is you'd have to keep order in the flock. Those rams, apparently, I didn't have rams, but rams like to butt, you know. If they don't have each other to butt, they're going to butt you and you're going to fall down. Because they're big old rams. They're going to butt something. So uh, 
Margaret Fleming in that book, or Feinberg in the book, she said that that shepherd had big old balls that the rams could butt against because that's just what they're going to do. So you've got to keep order and you've got to have discipline in your flock. So David would have had to be a, a disciplinarian, kind of like a teacher in, in a classroom. The third thing you'd have to do, you'd have to have good organizational skills and plan ahead. You'd have to plan where there's going to be food, where there's going to be water, where they're going to stay at night. Um, when you're, and you've got to take those sheep to be in the right place at the right time. You've got to plan. You've got to be an organizer. Um, plan ahead. One of my uh, interesting things about Shepherd's Field in, in Israel is there's these little rock pens that are still there today um, that where the shepherds would bring their sheep in for the night and they go into that little rock pen. And it's just that the wall is not very high, maybe three foot or so. And uh, and the and the opening's about five foot, and so the shepherds bring in the sheep at night, and it's just enough space for the shepherd to sleep, lay across the the gate, and that get, helps you understand where Jesus says, "I am the gate." So you have to have good organization skills. The next thing you got to know is, is that the sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd to help them. To guide them. It's not that sheep are dumb. They just don't think of the consequences of their decisions. <laughs> you know, they, they just don't think about what's going to happen, you know. If, if they get, if you just put all this good grain out, they're going to eat it all and get sick. <laughs> if there's sweet grass, they're going to eat it all and get sick and die, you know. And what I learned is that if you have azaleas, you can't let them eat it because they'll die. It's poisonous. Did you know that? So many things you learn in church, you know, come to church, you never know. So, so you've got to, you've got to, you know, know, you've got to be smart. You've got to help, help the sheep make good decisions. I, I've done that, haven't you, where I've not really thought through the consequences of decisions I made? Yeah. Maybe that's why it says, are we like sheep in Handel's Messiah? The, second, the fifth thing is the shepherd's got to protect the sheep from predators. That's why he had that slingshot so he could knock out a lion or a wolf or anything that would, that would come after the sheep. You've got to be protectors. You've got to fight for them. The, and the last thing is there, there, there's three seasons of the sheep life in, in the year. In the spring, you've got to be, uh, be, be help, the, help the mama give birth. She doesn't, the mama sheep don't like to give birth by themselves. They need comforting. They need somebody there with them. So, and if they have two sheep, that's good. Two baby sheep, two lambs. If they have three or more, they won't take care of them. They can only handle two. So that's why shepherds have to bottle feed a third, a third lamb if it's born because the, a mama sheep can only take care of, of two lambs. And this next season is they have to deal with is is the breeding season in the fall. Um, you have to make sure that you bring in a, 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 a ram or something from another flock so the breeding goes well and that everybody's healthy. And the next thing is shearing the, the sheep. You know, have you ever, they were on the internet or that there was a picture of a big old sheep that had been lost and it had not been sheared and it could barely walk. You know, it was, 
It's, it's wool had gotten so long. You've got to shear those sheep because if they fall down, if, they, if their wool gets too heavy, they'll fall down and they get on the back, they're dead. They can't get back up. So you've got to take care of shearing the sheep's wool. So those are the three seasons. So don't you appreciate David the shepherd now more than you did? It's no small thing. He's just a shepherd. A shepherd's a big deal. It's, a, it's hard work. You've got to be smart. You have to have a lot of skills. So when Samuel comes to anoint Israel's next king and he pours that oil on David's head and it dripped down his face and his ear on his shirt, on his clothes, clothes, he was anointing a shepherd, one who knows how to love, one who knows how to organize, one who knows how to fight and protect one who had God's own heart. Now, after I had done this sheep thing at the church, people said, now, Dale, why did you think that was a good idea to bring these sheep to the church? And I said, well, I wanted, you know, the Bible to come alive for everybody. Yeah, Dale, why do you think you were just hell-bent on bringing sheep to our church? And I thought about it. And I thought back to that time in 1982 when I was just a kid, well, a big kid. And I went to Israel and I had that spiritual experience watching those sheep near Bethlehem and how, how it just touched my heart. And I had to think, you know, I think maybe the reason I wanted to be around sheep is because my heart longed for the Bible to be alive. My heart ached for God. My heart was aching for God and I thought if I could just be and our congregation could just be closer to the Bible, then we would be that much closer to God. It's like Psalm 63 came alive and was living in me or I was living in it. My heart longs for God. It's that longing that we come, that we have in our hearts when we come to Holy Communion today. When our hearts longing, long and ache to be near this God who is so alive, if we can just get ourselves out of the way. This God that's here to, to love us, to help us get organized, to help protect us, to help us make good decisions. This good shepherd is here for us as we come and have Holy Communion if we're open to it, if we're open to the shepherd. Let us pray. Help us, O oh God, to open our hearts so that we, we can be receivers and followers of the Good Shepherd. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen.